Hello, folks. Welcome to the Jock and Journo Show. It's going to be a big show today because we've got a special guest, the captain of the Geelong Footy Club, Joel Selwood. Of course, he had the big tangle with our man here, Scotty Pendlebury, at the weekend. There's been a lot written about it. Uh, it's been a feisty couple of days. I'm Jay Clark from the Herald Sun. And in the red corner, he's 191 centimetres tall, 91 kilograms. He's the pride of Gippsland. It's Scott the Slugger Pendlebury. Scotty, you've been a bit sort of... I'd like a better name than that, the Slugger. I've been working on that for That sounds like you're a tired, lazy boxer. That's the best I could come up with uh, off the cuff, mate. But it has been a feisty couple of days because... uh, well, it was, a, it was a great win. We're going to talk to Joel Selwood very soon about the uh, the trash talk. It was sort of dramatic scenes there at the end of the game. But uh, you must be so pleased because the coach and the club was under real heat off a five-day break coming off that uh, Anzac they lost to us then into the Cats. And you're on from the get-go. You must be a happy man. Yeah, we, upon reflection, I think having that five-day break, we just moved on really quickly after that game, took the learnings out of Essendon and really set ourselves for, for Geelong. You know, we had no choice. We played pretty much within, as you said, five days. But by the time you do your recovery and your body feels good, we probably sort of had one day of preparation. And we knew it was going to be a big challenge, but we have a bit of confidence when we play the Cats from, from past encounters and we feel like we match up fairly well. And, um, yeah, to the boys' credit, we backed up really well. I think we, we run out of legs towards the end of the game, which, um, you know, I thought might have happened a bit earlier than that. But to the boys' credit, yeah, we, we played a really good brand of football and, um, we need to back it up again on, on Saturday. Well, Joel Selwood is going to call us uh, in about five minutes. So look forward to having a chat uh, about that. Did it feel like make or break? Well, I know you don't buy into the media stuff too much, but it was sort of felt like this was the game, you know, the whole season was on the line. Did it feel like that for you? Uh, not really. Didn't feel like that, but it definitely... So how do you escape that? How do you get off the, you know, there's this so dis- so disappointing, the loss to Essendon. How do you put that out of your mind? Oh, I think experience has probably done it for me. And, um, you know, I can't speak for everyone but we try not to ride that roller coaster of you know that win against Geelong now releases the pressure it doesn't there's pressure every week that we put in ourselves with professional athletes and it's what we do so um yeah it was disappointing against Essendon and the week before it was disappointing against St Kilda the week before that was you know you're ecstatic with the win against the Swans so look we were really happy with how we played against the Cats and we um you know enjoyed the win and well tell us about the ball use because that was the that looked like the big change that was the issue under the microscope so much more aggressive quick. yeah I think our ball use was um a little bit better but I think for me that I was really happy with how we defended Geelong I felt you know, to keep them to 78 or 79 points, which was their lowest score for the, for the season. It's the first team to keep them on 100 points. And, you know, that was a focus going in to try and cut their ball use. And, you know, they, they've been known for that since I've been in the league with how good they, they use the footy. So we wanted to, to defend really hard and um, turn it into, into that sort of battle, the defensive grind. And um, that third, qu- third quarter, we were able to sort of put the, the game-winning margin on the game. The defend- the selection issue this week is fascinating. Again, we're speaking to Joel Selwood very soon, and we'll wrap the game up in a sec. But the selection this week for the Carlton game is fascinating because Ben Reid's coming back in. And on it, there is no way you're dropping Lyndon Dunn after playing so well on Tom, Tom Hawkins and um, Shady as well. It was good. So does Reedy can he play forward? Well, he can play forward. He's done it in the past. And I'm not saying he will play forward mm. this week, but uh, I think Would it was he be a open year, to that? I think a year or two ago he played forward and he mm. um I think he kicked sixteen goals in four weeks or something like that. And every now and again he reminds us that he doesn't miss in front of the big stick. So um Would you say you'd be comfortable with that? Oh you, I wouldn't be worried if I seen Reedy lining up at full forward this week. And yeah. um, you know, likewise I wouldn't be worried if I seen him lining up at full back because he can play both positions and um yeah, if you know, if he if he comes in and he plays forward, you know, no qualms. Um 
the other big story, Collingwood, is Geordie Degoe because he's had three weeks in the VFL after breaking his uh, hand or his knuckle and then lying about it. How have you observed him in the past few weeks? His form in the VFL has been pretty good, but is he ready to come back and play senior footy? Does he have the, the trust back? Yeah, well, he's done sort of – you get the three-week suspension, but you take into account, you know, breaking his hand. So he's really done seven weeks of – um, of hard work behind closed doors to, to earn that trust back. And, um, Has he worked hard? Yeah, he's, he's worked really hard um, in that four-week block and then obviously, you know, the way that he's performed in the VFL is he had a really strong first one first one up and then, um, you know, not, not as good in his, in his second one, but, you know, losing by 80 points, you don't have too many winners. And on the weekend, he's really solid as well. And he's, you know, going back with the right attitude and, um, you know, whether he comes in this week or the week after, he'll, he'll be putting his hand up and the group will have trust that he'll come in and perform a role. Well, uh, I think we've got the captain of Geelong Footy Club, Scott Joel Selwood, has been good enough to join us. You guys have been the big talking point of the past uh, couple of days. Everyone's had their say on your uh, your running chat at the weekend. Joel, thanks so much uh, for your time today. I guess quickly just on the game, I know you haven't had your review yet, but what did you make of the, the match? And is there still a little bit of frustration or disappointment there on your behalf? Uh, yeah, definitely disappointment. I mean, um, it's about the third or fourth time that we've been pulled apart by the Pies um, in similar fashion. They definitely come to play against us. And, you know, we, we probably looked at the game thinking a little bit, you know, coming off a five-day break, this will be pretty tough for them. Um, and whether it's a little mindset thing, but it's just one area that we need to improve on and then try and get better. You've got the Gold Coast Suns and Gary Ablett, your old mate on Saturday night, of course. But we'll talk about the, uh, the clash uh, with Pendles, and we'll get your say on this too, Scotty. But just from your end, uh, Joel, a lot's been made of it. But uh, what, what happened in that, that sort of five or ten second exchange? Yeah, you find it funny. I mean, you go through the whole game and you, you say a lot to a lot of different people and half of it doesn't make sense. And <laughs> that was just another, another time of it that yeah. it happened. It happened right on the siren. Um, the siren blues, and it's a situation that then makes you look awkward because I'm standing next to the best player on the ground for the day and, you know, the difference really and in what made them, you know, perform the way they did. And uh, it's funny because then, you know, you shake hands and a pitcher can take, uh, say a thousand <laughs> words and in many, in many ways this has this time. Yeah, and I was saying to Jay that it was really awkward. I said it's probably the first time in my career that I've been having a bit of banter with a player and the siren goes to finish the game, I said, we've probably saved ourselves a few thousand dollars here by that not being at halftime and, and going <laughs> on with it. So, um, yeah, and as I said to, to Jay, that it was, um, it was quite awkward because, you know, you're in the heat of the moment and you're supposed to switch straight off and have a laugh and shake hands. But if you have a laugh, you probably get crushed as well. So, um, you know, I'll echo your words there. It was a bit of banter and then we just left it right where it was between the lines. I find we, as in the footy pundits and the media, can be so hypocritical because we expect you guys to be competitors and animals and redline every single contest and every minute of every quarter. And then the final siren goes and we expect you all to have this big tea party or whatever. So for you know three seconds there when those competitive juices are still flowing, for me, you still shook hands. And it was, you know, been a bit of an overreaction since then, Joel. But can I say, were you, were you annoyed personally with Scott, which I would doubt, or was it just the frustration really of the whole day and you know obviously the heavy tag from Levi was it was it more just the the team sort of thing than anything personal with Scotty here exactly exactly right more the disappointment that um you know we came to play the way that we did and um he was the closest one to me so I was taking a little bit of frustration out on him um you know Levi had got me again and, and did a really good number on me um 
I'd just got my license back. I thought Scott was going to, you know, even ask me to take him back to the Holden Centre. Just to recover. It's it's funny how the game works because the only guy that I've ever seen smile after a game because it's quite natural to him is Nakai Cockatoo. And whether we win or lose, he's always got that on. Whereas most of us, you know, there's that relief whether you've won or lost the game, um, but the game's just done. Mm. And uh, you move on, you shake hands, you usually... It's funny, AFL footy, we usually go around and by the time you get around to everyone, you nearly shake hands with, you know, some people twice. We, we watch the NBA and they just walk off from each other to separate sides of the court. In soccer, they hug and kiss. You know, it's just, just how it works across the world. And we, was it fair to say you were filthy when the final siren went? Like, sort of, Scott, aside, you just, you know, you're looking up into the sky and sort of hands on your head. You, you, you did seem to, you know, be pretty filthy just with the whole performance. And Chris Scott, your coach, said you had few winners on the day. Yeah, we just, I mean, I was disappointed before then. Um, we tried we tried many different things um, as a side, but we just couldn't get anything that uh, could get going on the day. And to the Pies' credit, they just come out and played us really well. And it wasn't what we did wrong, it was what they were doing right and we just couldn't, you know, we couldn't get our heads around and physically we couldn't take it up to them. Scotty, how often would you be, did you have this sort of banter um, with players? And you and Scott, you and Joel, I should say, have been absolute stars of the game, two of the best three in bomb ballers of the past decade with Gary Ablett. But how often would you have these sort of chats, you know, in a game? I'd imagine it'd be heaps. Well, me and Joel had one during you know, the third quarter at the centre bounce. Um, <laughs> bit of push yeah. and shove and... Um, had some with uh, Nakai Cockatoo, um, with ev- everyone. Um, as Joel said, it happens every quarter. And, um, you know, I think Joel was probably unlucky that he was near me at the end because the cameras were looking for me to try and get a reaction and we were just having a bit of a banter and a bit of a chat. And, um, yeah, as I said, this week will be no different. It's happening at, you know, at least three or four times a quarter. Uh, Joel, what do you think about being the called? The thing up? I've definitely oh, learned out. Sorry, Jay. The thing I've definitely learned out. But don't be next to the best player on the ground when the game <laughs> finishes. If you're on the losing side, yeah. what do you think about and being you're called? Disappointed. Well, sorry, mate. What do you think about being called a sore loser? Look, you know, it's it's an opinion that someone will take. Um, you know, I've been in a fortunate position where I've won a lot of games, and to be called a sore loser, you know, it doesn't sit well with me, but I'm not going to get upset with it either because it's, uh, I don't think it's, you know, me as a person doesn't say who I am. Um, you know, even in the rooms after the game, we're sitting down and uh, sitting next to Paddy and Andrew Mackey and we're just talking about, you know, what we needed to do to, you know, when we come up against the Pies next, how we felt out there on the day. And it was just about getting better straight away rather than even worrying about the loss too much. Yeah, I think that's every, every player's mentality when you lose is you you're flat. You you want to know why it went wrong, how it went wrong, and um, you know they're they're five and one. We're two and four. So I've been through it a few more times than Joel has this year. And if you looked at me every time the siren sounded, we lost. I'm I'm shattered because we went in with a plan to win. It didn't happen. And um, you know, and you, but as footballers, we can't ride that roller coaster where you're up high one week and down low the next week because you got to back up really quickly. He was a bit grumpy last week, Joel. I can tell you after <laughs> the Anzac Day loss. Uh, and uh, well, you... I'll need to know what he. I need to know what he did during the week because it definitely worked. <laughs> I and, got uh, back, I I got back on the coffee. I could do with some of that this week. <laughs> 
Well, um, he tweeted you after your your uh, fantastic game against St Kilda. He had 45 possessions. And I see Scotty sent through this tweet, one of the greatest individual performances uh, I've ever seen. He says, I heard the discussion on SEN, you know, is Joel Selwood the best player of the past decade? It was a great chat there with Mike Sheehan. But behind the scenes here, Scotty, at Collingwood, what Scotty was actually doing, he was getting into Levi Greenwood, put cut out posters of you all over the club, sort of whispering in his ear. I don't know if you've seen Rocky <laughs> Fall, you know, like this uh, Rocky versus Ivan Drago. He said, he's not a machine, he's a man. He was doing that sort of stuff with Levi, winding him up. How did you, how did you find the matchup with Levi? And just lastly, before we uh, let you go, mate, um, did he cross the line? It was a Ryan Crowley-esque performance and he played his role well. But, um, you know, how, how did you go with him? Was there anything untoward or was it a fair play? No, definitely fair play. He played the game, you know, quite well. And he has played on me a few times before. So, um you know, it's just about preparing for those matchups too, um, working out where you want to take Levi on the day and, you know, how you want to play him. But, um, yeah, you do need some help because when you come up against a good opponent like that, um, it, it's hard to get off the lead sometimes. And the best help that can uh, that can happen is, you know, the guys around you winning the ball. And on the day, we just didn't have enough guys that won contests when it went out to one-on-ones. Um to get involved in the next passage of play or not. And, you know, Scott and I have both been tagged a number of times. It's definitely easier when you've got um, runs on the board against someone. Someone against Levi, I, I do need to have a good win against because it, it's been a while since, I, um, since I've since i got him. And, um, you know, even when he was playing at the Kangaroos, it wasn't even so much that, that match-up that comes to me. But he's quick, he's strong, um, and he's really disciplined with how he goes about things. He's a, he is a fantastic athlete. Now, Jay was saying about my tweet before, I do watch a lot of football, so I love the game. What about you, Joel? Do you watch much games of footy? Yeah, I do. Probably too many, my partner says. <laughs> when, we get, when it gets to a Friday night and you, um, you, know, you watch what happens, obviously, and you try and take, take a few trends out of each game and what other sides are doing, um, but also just loving, love watching the individuals go to work also. Yeah, and lastly, mate, before we let you go, we need an NBA prediction off you. Yes. Who's your tip for the, oh, for the finals? Just, don't say yeah. the Warriors. I, I seriously just think that they're just, you know, going so well at the moment that I probably can't see them losing a go, game over any series. But Gee, really? I think it will be, I think it will be, um, yeah, the Cavs, Golden State playing off with Golden State just... Agreed. Agreed. What do you think? What do you guys think about the Houston sort of the three ball game? Like if they shoot forty percent from the arc, can, no. can that be dangerous enough? Or? They'll lose in five or six, five or six games to the Spurs. Spurs too good defensively. Mm. Yeah, they, I they hope so to make things interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I hope yeah, so yeah. to make things interesting. But um, don't listen to Jay's opinions know, in basketball. They, they carry no the weight. Warriors, <laughs> yeah, the Warriors defend so well. They, you know, obviously have offensive weapons everywhere too. Um, It'd be nice to be on their books, I reckon. You're a star for joining us uh, today, Joel. We appreciate it, mate. It's great to get the story straight from the uh, the players' mouths. You can set us all straight and actually tell us about the realities of the game and the heat of the moment because uh, we absolutely laud you blokes um, for the uh, incredible sacrifice, commitment, dedication to the game. And uh, sometimes we take the pee when uh, we criticise you for being so competitive. And today, I think, well, the past couple of days have been a good example of that, mate. So all the best against Gaz and the Suns on Saturday night and um, mate it's great to have a chat today thanks mate cheers guys appreciate you having me well that was great of Joel to call Scotty what are you happy with that did that summarise it you think yeah I think it um, 
hit it perfectly. I think it's just two blokes having a chat and we we're honest about it. It's not um, buying into speculation and trying to predict what we said. We were we were having a bit of banter. It was a little bit awkward when the siren sounds and um, we shook hands, left it on the field, gave each other a pat on the back and away we went. And, you know, I've said this numerous times on this podcast, when you lose, you're not happy about it. And how anyone expects you to, when the siren sounds, to, to flip the switch and start having a laugh, you'll get crucified for that as well. So it was great to have him on. And, um, yeah, it's really the reason we yeah. do this, isn't it? To to get the um, the story straight and, um, you know, any player out there, if you you know, want to ever come on and straighten out a story, we'll be happy to have you. <laughs> I know what happens on the field stays on the field, but it seems to me like he's possibly had a crack about the Collingwood's whole season, you know, when we sit in some early first losses rather than anything uh, you specifically. So I think it's great to sort of uh, to clear that up, but it has reignited the tagging bait debate, Scotty. Um, Levi Greenwood had narrowed his focus, clearly played very well on Joel. Why wouldn't he do that? Every week, Mark Murphy this week or Paddy Cripps, um, you know, I guess the discussion has been that the tagger is dead. But at the weekend, we show that there's clearly a role for it. Yeah, I think there is a role for it. But you also take into account um, history. And Levi does have a little bit of a history with, with Joel and their matchups. And, um, you know, you might go through other sides and, you know, say Essendon, for example, if we go and tag Dyson Heppel, but a few weeks earlier he got tagged out of the game and they still win. You know, what's, what's the point of doing that? So... It does go a little bit deeper than just that head-to-head matchup because you want to you want to make sure you win the game of football as well. But I feel every year we say tagers are dead and then they come back for about a four <laughs> or five week period and then they're alive again. And I, th- I think tagging would have to be the hardest role in the game. Mentally, you've got to be on all game and you know, every player's programmed to to get after the pill and to you know rewrite the programs in your mind to to chase and lock down and mm. be that defensively minded. Um, you know, mentally, I think it would take a fair bit out of you. Ryan uh, Crowley-esque performance from Levi. I saw him yesterday, Scotty, just sort of gingerly getting in the pool. I said, how are you feeling, mate? And he said he was a bit sore. But the fact that they got the four premiership points, or you boys got the four premiership points, uh, made it all better. Hey, I want to ask you about a player in the competition at the moment, young star Marcus Bontempelli. And try and just unpick or un- unpack his game style a little bit because when he came onto the scene, Scotty, everyone said he was so much like yourself. Um not only does he win the clearance, he can go forward and his ball use is just so effective. In fact, I think of the top 50 disposal winners, you have got the third most accurate kicking efficiency and he's fourth. So clearly you both use the ball so well uh, in, in congestion. But how much do you admire, marvel at what he can do at such a young age? Yeah, he's been fantastic really since he's come onto the scene. And, um Last year, I think, was was his coming out party, though. Like, you know, really stamped himself on the competition and you know, winning the best and fairest in a, in a premiership side is a, a massive honour. And um, I think it's just his ability to impact the game. He doesn't have 30 or 35 every week. He can have 22, but he kicks three. Or, um, you know, and watching Friday night, that, that game, the Bulldogs versus Giants, mm. um, you know, he was outstanding. And he's just – he seems to be the one in – congestion or a pack it's you know fumbly blokes are fumbling can't make the right decision and then all of a sudden like bang he grabs the ball and it's all's good everything calms down he makes the right handball the right kick and away go the bulldogs that trademark sort of over the shoulder handball move it's something you've probably perfected um over your career as well, um, well he's six foot four so yeah. it is advantageous for him to do that to jump into someone that makes him about six 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 seven get over the top he's him and Paddy Cripps are probably the two biggest mids in the game. You know, Paddy Cripps is probably 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and then Bont's 6'4". So, you know, if you're a 6'1 midfielder trying to tackle him and he jumps, you're probably only, you know, getting him getting his hips. You watch a lot of footy. Do I do. You, do you enjoy watching him? I mean, you I do. the Bulldogs are on the screen, do you think, you know? 
I get to watch Marcus Bonapelli tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I know Friday night you sit back and you watch and you see the way he goes about it and, um, you know, he's a hell of a player and he, he keeps backing up and, um, you know, he always seems to pop up in the right moment when Bulldogs need something and his ability to go forward as well and, you know, he's probably the only mid in the comp that goes forward and then plays key position. So, um, yeah, he's, he's a star and I, I really do enjoy watching him play. He's contracted for a couple more years at the Kennel yet, but um, I just wonder what Don't start this speculation oh, just, oh, I, here we no, go. No, listen. Might I, as well go you know, ask him what he's going to do in his next is, agency period. Well, he, I've, no, 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 I've no, heard no. that he's going to St Kilda with Fife. Is no, he's not. Same deal? No, Pack, he's Package not. deal. But the yeah. thing is, he's sort of... Um, I mean, he can sort of write his own check and it's just going to be an interesting situation for the Bulldogs to be able to um, juggle that situation. I've got no doubt that he will stay um, at the Bulldogs, but as to what his value at the moment is at the moment, um, you know, he could basically write his own check. Anyway, speaking of Nat Fife, what did you make um, of the speculation yesterday or the story which emerges from a Perth DJ saying that basically the done deal is to St Kilda, his source is on the St Kilda board and he stood by that today, do you, do you just laugh, um, you know, is it a blow to our, the media's credibility? Do you think we should just ignore it? Um, I don't it? know. What do you think? It's your area. Like, do you, I remember Carl, is, it, yeah. is it a fact of trying to be first? I think, I think there is a 50% yeah. chance of being right, this guy. I think there is a fair bit of that. I think if you, you, get, you get a lot of that sort of information and nine out of 10 times when you check it out, it is totally untrue. So I think really um, the accountability is on us to, to fact check. But also, you know, when you hear these whispers coming out of like, you know, a Perth DJ, maybe we should also check them up first before, you know, we just report them blindly. Because Carl Langdon, I remember, said it last year that Jesse Hogan was going back to WA and it started this big fire and we all reported it and it turned out to be um, crap. So while I think players' contracts and futures are very interesting um, and he could still end up at St Kilda. By the way, I'm you've got fifty percent chance of being right if you have a crack at it, don't yeah. you? Yeah, it's true. I mean, would, people, would you prefer a credible story or just a garbage one? Yeah, well, that's probably. No, well, like, what would you prefer? I would definitely. Or would you prefer story. to be the garbage story that's right first, no, no. or the credible story? Yeah, the credible story, and it's absolutely a good lesson because you've only got to write a bad one of those, Scotty, and uh, your credibility takes a mass, massive hit. And we've all made uh, mistakes, but it will be one certainly that we watch with interest. What do you make of the deliberate rule at the moment? In particular, the ugly look when players, when the kick sort of goes kicked out of a stoppage, it's bouncing towards the boundary line, and a player sort of deliberately chaperones the ball out of bounds. Do you think that... It's not a good look. I don't like it. And even the one, you know, the deliberate sort of rush behind when players back off at the last second and put their hands up like that. A guy with the ball doesn't know you've decided to back off. You're talking like half a second there. He so, can't be pinged for that. Um, I think the rule, though, in general is getting... It's getting what it's required to do, which is to speed the game up a little bit and encourage more attacking kicks. And I think, really, we're probably only talking about one or two incidents a game yeah. that is left to the imagination of the umpire. Like Jake Stringer's kick yep. out of the middle clearly come off the side of his boot, but the umpire doesn't get to watch a replay. And it's gone sideways straight to the boundary. So he may think... And that's you can hear the umpires out there. They talk to the other ones that are watching. So uh, I think, in general, it's been good and it is making the right decisions and it does make sides be more advantageous with their kicks and take a few more risks. And, you know, that's the one at the end where Toby Green deliberately kicks it over and they miss that. That's what annoys people. But as I said, the umpires don't get to watch the replay three times yeah. like we get to do when we're sitting at home on the TV on the couch. I just think that maybe if an opposition – so if you do kick it and you it's sort of a bit – don't want touch. Yeah. Oh, yuck. No, well, then you won't have Ruckman, will you, because there'd be no boundary throw-ins. Last touch or last disposal. We did that in the pre-season a couple of years ago and it was so bad. 
Why is you that? just run. Yeah. All you do is run. And you don't get to stop and set up or anything. You just run and Ruckman will die and it'll just be a midfielder's game. Good call, Scotty. <laughs> hey, um, End of discussion. <laughs> basically, hey, Gary Ablett, um, I don't like this. I don't like it at all. Um, second week in a row, he's been booed by the crowd. Well, how good was he on the weekend first? Well, he was, he was ex- amazing. Yeah, he's excellent. And we'll probably be quick. And me, everyone, after his sort of first up effort. Where basically two years of footy. Yeah, and we may be looking back. That criticism was probably a bit unfound and a bit harsh, to be honest, because he was outstanding against North Melbourne and probably they needed to apply a harder tag, which we were talking about earlier, to stop him. But what do you think? So it could be one of those things, like, as I said, though, with the tag is, mm. did North look at that and think, we didn't need to tag him? As good as Gary played, we still get the result. So that's, you mm. know, they backed in their midfield to beat. A system. Yeah, so it's like system v system. And you could make the argument if he's tagged, then he has half the impact and North win by 10 goals. But I do like the fact that North back him what they do mm. and Gold Coast backed him what they what they did. And it's not Gary Ablett versus, say, I don't know, Sean Higgins. It's yeah. our midfield versus your midfield. And collectively, if you look at the numbers, they probably are pretty even. Mm. Well, uh, Ben Jacobs is normally the man who tags for North. He got Trent Cotchin, I think, in the final a couple of years ago. Um, and did a did a really good job. But what do you what have you ever been booed? What do you think when the is it a sign of respect for the star players? Um, or I don't do you know whatever starts it. Like how can I have no idea? Where would, would you boo Gary Ablett? Yeah, I, I don't no know idea. how that would ever start and what North Melbourne fans would have against him. Um, surely you sit there and think, you know, I've probably paid my ticket to watch this bloke play. Yeah, like he's that good. Do his so, thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand where it starts from, and you know maybe a few people do it and the crowd runs with it, but. You know, you talk about, you know, we were talking before with Joel about sportsmanship and, you know, all the punters buy into it. You know, they're also responsible for it as well. And you yeah. talk about kids watching sport, people at home watching that. And you as fans are, are booing a, a player. Yeah. And how does it, what message does that send? Um, and do you take it as a compliment? If that was oh, you? I don't think, I think it'd be water off a, a duck's back for Gary, but yeah. still not a good look. No. Um, hey, Trent Cotchin wrote an interesting column uh, in the Sunday Herald Sun of the Weekend talking about his captaincy. And at the end of last season, um, it's basically coming to a bit of a crisis point and getting some help from a, a life coach, a mentor to help him with all the, the sort of the pressure that, that builds up. Have you ever considered anything like that? I mean, in your four years of captain, you come under a lot of pressure, etc. Always the microscope is on Collingwood. Have you ever have you ever considered anything like that? Or yeah, who do you go oh, outside the footy club? Yeah, there's people um, in the footy club that you know that I speak to that are removed from coaching roles, and you know I can go into their office and have a really good chat and get it off your get, chest. Sort of get it off your chest. And has um, it ever built it up? Oh, absolutely. At times, it builds up, and um, you want to find a release, and you just do need to get it off your chest, or you, you you know throw the gloves on, you go up and hit the heavy bag for a bit, <laughs> and just get it out of your system. And um, yeah, but at the at the end of the day, you just keep coming back to, you know, you love this game and you love the players and, and the club and you just want to – I think the, the pressure builds up so much because you want it so bad and I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah, You shouldn't be begrudged for, you know, being honest and, and saying these things or would you rather, you know, see me out at a nightclub drinking stubbies after a loss because I just don't care. <laughs> I'm not in much danger of catching you yeah. at uh, Eve Nightclub, I reckon, I've got to get to bed by about 9 o'clock these days. <laughs> Especially uh, with your young son on the way. In a couple of weeks' time, mate, you can kiss that sleep goodbye. Speaking of throwing the gloves on, you caught up. Last podcast we spoke about your boy, Manny, and you you actually got to meet him. How was that? Could you understand him? Could you have a chat? Yeah, so I I, I knew that he was in Australia, so I put the feelers out 
to anyone and anything that would listen to me. If, you sucked up to Eddie. That's what if, happened. Oh, if there was anyone that knew that he was going to be in town, let me know because I'll be there. Um, I didn't really ratify that with a coach, but I thought he'd be cool <laughs> with it. Um, yeah, so I was lucky enough to, to go out there with Eddie last week and um, out to Essendon. It was a gym out there. and um, Yeah, it was probably great that Eddie was there. Gave me the um, rock star treatment. I met Bob Arum, um, Manny, Jeff Horn, all the guys. and um, Yeah, Manny. Oh, you're talking about a guy to me who's my second favourite person on the planet. So, um, you know, you can ask my missus. I got home, I had the biggest smile on my face for, <laughs> for the rest of the day and I got the gloves signed and, um, you know, I, I met a legitimate in my eyes, yeah. you know, an, an idol of mine. And um, he, it was amazing because everything that I've watched and seen and read about him, he was exactly that off camera as well. So well, it wasn't humble. just for show. And mm-hmm. he had time for everyone at the gym and, you know, all his handlers were trying to drag him out and he kept taking photos and signing stuff for people. And that um, would be hard. Oh, it was the, the, the hour felt like it went in about 30 seconds. So I was wrapped, had a photo with him, got some gloves signed. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Did you have much of a chat? What did you, what did you want to know? Or no, well, Eddie just or? introduced me to him yeah. and I just said, how you going, mate? And he said, yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. How are you? And <laughs> um, yeah, and then he quickly went up and, and had a chat and I had to listen to, to what he had to say. Now, you are a big dog on the AFL uh, PA board now, Scotty. I know you try and play this down, but basically the whole paywall talks were in crisis uh, mode and uh, you stepped up to the plate. And you got this deal over the line because we expect within the next week this uh, paywall, the CBA agreement, will uh, finally be finalised. And one thing which has caught uh, our attention is the extra business class flights for the West Coast Eagles and Fremantle boys. And the Eagles and Dockers have been banging on this for many years now. This is the arduous travel that they extra travel that they have to do flying across the country every second week are you cool mate if sort of um half the eagle squad you know are up the front of the plane uh more so than you know the allowances to the to the vic clubs yeah okay if there's a bit oh, of absolutely they, there. they travel 11 times a year and you know, most of their trips are four five hours long so um, we travel five times a year and only go to perth once and it is a tough trip and they do it a lot and um yeah, i think it's more than fair that you know they get looked after Saw you wearing a new flash set of wheels um, at the weekend, mate. An orange pair of Pumas. What's all that about? Is, um, it, is that the new oh, dad well, wheels? No, or? they were the same boots I wore the week before, just a, a new colour. Just so. to stand out a bit. Yeah, the, so you were unhappy with the boots that you wore in the Anzac Day game. Yeah, got the, they won't be worn again. <laughs> always always blame something else. So I blame the boots and... Yeah, I got the new pair of uh, the powers on and away I went. Scotty, it's time for our what's hot and what's not. We like to do this uh, each week. Just pick out a few of our favourite uh, things and not so favourite. I'm going to start first, right? Go for it, mate. What's Go hot? For it. Like, I reckon the fear factor around trading out superstar players or, you know, the big name free agents is a bit overplayed because you look at Hawthorne when they lost Buddy Franklin, still won flags, um, and you only have to look at Adelaide's form at the moment after losing Paddy Dangerfield, your man, um, um, a couple of years ago, like they have not missed a beat since losing him. So while you know it, uh, it stirs the fan base up and that at the time, and everyone's sad to lose a player of uh, Paddy Dangerfield's quality. You look what they get out of it. It was like um, what was a pick nine, so they got Wayne Malira, I think, and Dean Gore um, from Geelong as well. Adelaide doesn't have a top ten pick on its list, but because Hamish Ogilvie is the man who's recruited that list, has done such a good job getting guys like Jake Lever and uh, McGovern and Laird and all these back-end picks. Jake Lever was like pick 11, wasn't he? 
Uh, he was high. I meant Kelly. Time. Sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, Kelly, yeah. not Labor. Thank you yeah, for picking yeah. me up. Not much gets past you. Um, but I just think, like, you know, when it get, does get to trade time and everyone's like so much anguish about it, we're going to lose this guy. Like, the most recent examples, and even Melbourne, who lost James Frawley, get Angus Brayshaw, a very good young player who's going to fit into their premiership sweet spot. I just think that when it does get to trade time, we can all be a little bit more cool about NRL style. Yes, yeah, sort of. I guess so. Which is, you know, I don't think it has to be the end of the world for yeah. clubs when they I lose think it's, these. I think it's players. painted though as, you know, like when Dangerfield left Adelaide, it's like he's bringing a premiership to Geelong. When Franklin leaves Hawthorne, it's yep. painted as Sydney are going to win a flag now yep. so they've got Franklin. So, yep. and as players always say, it's more than one person and it requires twenty-two. And I know that's boring, but it's actual. Probably the proof's now starting to mount that it actually is. You need 22 contributors to win because you can't rely on one or two players. I know Paddy's very happy down at Mogs Creek surfing every second day, but uh, what if Adelaide win a flag first? That might be uh, awkward face emoji time. Hey, um, what's hot for you, buddy? Uh, for me, um, it's the AFL PA and oh. the AFL getting together and <laughs> you're having a, oh, had a long lunch and uh, spent a couple of days together. So the relationships are getting better and... Hopefully a, uh, a deal gets done um, very soon. Do you have a chat with And Gil? you can have your uh, GPS numbers all over the TV, mate. Now, are you uh, a bit paranoid about that, uh, like the Western Bulldogs are, or do you think it's sort of just this uh, – it will be a cool thing for the game? I think it will be – I actually do think it will be a good thing for the game. Good and, man. Um, it will give the fans a lot of insight into, you know, players and, and how they run and um, work rates and things like that. But I also think the people that are talking about the numbers have got a responsibility to – make sure that they don't start canning players about things because every player's got a different role, different running patterns. Um, so don't don't be silly enough to base it off just raw numbers. Yeah, and so if we saw Gary Ablett only run 8Ks in a game sort of one day and um, his average is normally up at 15, what you're saying is don't write the story about why Gary Ablett sort yeah, exactly of right. had an off day. So maybe yeah. just in terms of the broadcast, they'll show the top fives or top tens. Um, well, if it was about the highest, highest runners, you'd be getting... You know, Olympic runners to come play the game who can yeah. run 25Ks in yeah. whatever time slot. So but it's, um, take into account footy smarts as well because it's not all about running hard, running smart. You know, certainly plays a part. And kick rating. The possibilities are endless with this stuff. I just think it's so fascinating. It will hit our TV screens, Scott, by the end of the season. So make sure you get that deal done. Hey, what's not, mate? Um, for me, I'm reading a lot of stuff lately with a source. Oh. A source said this Uh-oh. and a source said that. Um, I'm not happy with that. And I understand you can't name the source, but... They seem the sources seem to be getting weaker and weaker, and the story is less credible. So, so what do you um, reckon? If you can't name the source, don't, not, you don't even don't have write to write name the source, but don't even mention it. Just write your story or it, stand by the fact. Can yeah. be hard getting people on the record at times for sensitive issues. Yeah, but it probably means there's nothing in it, or they don't want it to be out. So don't. I don't know what. It's probably that argument of trying to be first. Fair point, Scotty. If you're not first, you're last, I suppose, yeah. in your industry. You had a good game at the weekend. You are up and about. Hey, uh, today, uh, what's not is I just want to bring your coach, Nathan Buckley. I know he's a very big fan of the Jock and Journal well, podcast. You, this stems from the tweets, doesn't it? Well, you're, you're giving him a not hot. <laughs> not hot. <laughs> no. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, no, no. no me out of this. No, he was on fire at the weekend. Great coaching performance. But I just want a quick comment about your coffee. So the people out there, Collingwood fans, um, he's... Am I right in saying that he's sort of a game day coffee or maybe even everyday coffee? <laughs> he has like this basically a big cup of warm milk. So it's like maybe a really weak latte or half strength latte. I'm not sure how much coffee or caffeine is even in there. He just He's like a big cat. He's just getting around drinking warm <laughs> <laughs> warm jugs of milk. Is that a, is that a fair that's, assessment? Is that that's right? That's your quote. He's just like a big cat. <laughs> oh, likes his milk to be warmed up oh, with a couple of sugars. He boy. does the big fella. He does like a 
very weak latte. I'm going to uh, maybe just stick it. It is them. hard if you ever have to order it. You feel a bit awkward ordering his coffee for him. I would. Yeah, maybe Barista still looks at you funny. We need an update on your coffee um, intake because we basically worked out that you're a coffee addict um, a few weeks ago, the six to eight coffee sort of a day, maybe more on game day. They are extreme caffeine levels, my friend. Surely and, he's uh, still on his regime. He wouldn't have jumped off the skipper. He, he wouldn't, wouldn't have, would that. he? He no. sort of had, you know, lovely wife Alex has got the, the nutrition, the, the dynamic food store, which has got all these healthy options. She advises him, encourages him to sort of embrace this new turmeric setup. Oh, he'd um, stick to everything. He, w- he wouldn't, oh, he wouldn't well, stray away from a plan. He well, wouldn't. I did. I, I was... All oh, you haven't. And I've oh, gone, you haven't. Have I've you? gone. I've gone oh, back. Was, the, was that, that was a week? The, that was about a week. The pressure was, was mounting in that regard. So <laughs> the trimming wasn't doing it for me. And I'm not as bad as I was, but I've fallen back a little bit. Did you want it to succeed? Not really. No. <laughs> Did you give I, it a I, chance? I gave it three weeks. <laughs> long enough. That's our it? star producer, um, Braden Cox. We didn't introduce him off the top. He was the creator of uh, the um, an the the clip that you put on your Twitter site that I did uh, last night. It went absolutely bonkers. It was at a record sort of Twitter engagement for you that the Jock and Journal sell would sort well, of funny it things. It's good that it someone gave me some credit for yeah. putting it together. <laughs> um, well, someone you said it was attempted humour. I thought it was just humour. It wasn't attempted. It was pretty people good. People keep having a crack at you. Your humour levels. They oh, don't no. realise how funny you are. Yeah, it's actually but funny you bring up Bucks because we've we got a couple of tweets off him. He he doesn't mind the Jock and Journo podcast. He's a big he fan. Gets around it. Hashtag Jock and Journo. But uh, he seems to be a bit jealous. I don't know if if that came across in his tweets to you guys, but he said lots of man love between SP and Clarky. Clear front runner for Godfather <laughs> role. I would have thought. Hashtag Jock and Journo. Any truth? Good humour by the coach. It's good. Strong source. He also... Uh, Big Jay has got a good ring to it. We, we invited him onto the podcast and he said, uh, classified couch, talking footy have put up some pretty big numbers. What yes. do we have to offer? Mm, um, well, we can get him one of these warm jugs of milk. Absolutely. And maybe a Big two litre jug. That's <laughs> <laughs> Oh, bugs uh, We have had a lot of interest. We actually, we trended in Australia wow. this, this week with the Jock and Cherno hashtag. Uh, and we got some responses to top five since 05. Oh, uh, yes. Morty McFly went uh, Gaz Jr., five. Lenny Hayes, four. D Swan, three. Heath Shaw, two. And SP10, number oh, one. That's, that's bit, yeah. I don't know if that's sucking that's up. That's not at all, is it? Yeah, uh, then we got Rob, uh, J-Rob, four. He said Rewalt, five. Scarlet, four. Franklin, three. Hodge, two. And Gaz, one. J- J-Rob, four's cat is named Selwood, just out of interest. I know a good friend of mine. So. <laughs> uh, and we got some questions uh, sent in for you guys. Stephen C24 said, if uh, Herald Sanjono writes an article that is factually incorrect, do you call him out internally? Oh, boy, that's a hot one. Um no, I think that would be the uh, sports editor's uh, conversation with the reporter if there is an issue. Um, I mean, I think we all have uh, a good understanding of um, good understanding of sort of some of the challenges and difficulties uh, we face. And um, Michael Warner is probably the bloke I uh, talk to a lot at work. He's able to help me if uh, in times I need it. He's a very experienced uh, guy. Sorry, mentor like. Bit of mentor, like yeah, he's a great, he's a great bloke, Mick. But uh, yeah, look, sometimes um, we have these robust conversations at work, um, Braden. Just one for you, Pendles at Lachlan Nebo, and said, "Pies look much better as a captain. Who do you think made the most improvement compared to previous weeks?" Don't put yourself in. Oh, oh yeah, because put oh. me on the spot, Trevi Varco. Well, well, not the most improvement, but I think you had the biggest role on the day was Levi. Oh, he had yeah. the biggest impact on the game, I think. So, Levi for mine. Uh, 
Turbo Josh 50 pointed out that you won 100% of coin tosses on the day. Well done, mate. I did. And you switched it up. You went heads. I, I did. I did. I went against the people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it worked. They'll, they'll bounce back. Yeah. Uh, that's all. Is it from, it? That's all from the people. Well, we want to say a big thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud and for subscribing. Uh, the ratings and reviews, etc., have been fantastic. I think we hit number one, Scotty. We in, did. In sport. We don't want to get too much of a, a head wobble. We've got to stay humble here. But we thank you so much for listening. Nah, stuff that. We're number one. <laughs> we'll go the media angle. <laughs> if we're not first, we're last. <laughs> we'll take it while we can. It putting up with uh, gibberish. It was great to cheat, speak to Joel Selwood today and talk about some of the realities of competitive footy. Scotty, you both um, were very honest um, in that. I think we need to get you coaching Nathan Buckley. He can be our next, next special guest. If next not, next target. If not, you do Utah Jazz's own. Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles. Well, you, 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 you have we'll to get him. him. We'll get him. Don't worry. Don't Maybe panic, boys. He's still confident. It's Don't been panic. about a month. I think we need... Well, we tried to get a three-point contest with your man, Adam Trelaw, who weaseled out of it. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we have to do it with Joe Ingles. Again, everyone, thanks so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Scotty, all the best against Carlton on the weekend. Thank you. See ya.